If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to, we're going to be all, kind of all over the place today. I want to talk to you today about this subject in my heart. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3. And when I read this text, I think to myself, Paul was, Paul was writing about today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Or, wait, is that right? I have 3 through 5, but I, oh, I see. I just relabeled. I'm, I have 3, 2, 3, 4, 5 on my notes. So hopefully we are starting at 1. Yeah? It says this, but you know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, dis- disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. And when I turned on the TV last night, I thought, what a perfect verse for what I see going on on Las Vegas Boulevard at 5 to midnight. I am watching the crowds, and everybody's drunk out of their minds. Okay, I I, I should not say that. I don't know that everybody was. But everybody I saw had a drink in their hand, and they looked a little shady. You know what I'm saying? A a A little sheety, three sheets in the wind, right? And I thought... People today, if we even threw away every other, every other analogy that Paul gave us, people today are definitely pleasures of themselves, of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We see that so prevalent. And so as we enter this fast today, um, you know, my heart is just really, really compelled. It's, it's probably, I've been doing this fast for how many years now? Six Six years we've been doing this fast every January 1. Now, I fast throughout the year other times as well, but I've been looking more forward to this one than any other in my, in my past with fasting. And God has done some amazing things in my life through fasting. He healed me of diabetes and fasting in, the, in this particular fast. He also called Pastor Kerry and I back to full-time ministry during this fast. Our hearts were gravita- gravitated back towards pulpit ministry, if you will. I was serving at the rescue mission, and, and, and God was doing great things there. It was serving the Lord. Don't get me wrong. We were leading people to Jesus, and we were helping people, and it was wonderful, but God called us back to this fast. And so when the Lord laid on my heart to pray for the sick every Sunday during this fast, I believe God wants to heal you. I'll tell you what, Pastor Tiny, and, and it's not just him, but everybody who prayed, my back feels better. I, I lit, I'm not just saying that to try to, to provide hope for you. I'm not just saying something that's not true to give you some kind of hope. I literally feel better. I had a hard time with these steps this morning, and I am not having a hard time right now. I feel a little pinched, but I'm not in pain like I was, amen? I couldn't, I couldn't sleep very well last night because I would get comfortable, and it would just start numbing, and then I'd have to turn, and that was painful. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for healing, amen? I believe God wants to heal us. Turn to First John, John chapter two. Towards the end of the book, right before Revelation, 
we went on a missions trip one time, and it was in Mexico. And there were three porta potties, and they were called First John, Second John, Third John. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious about, huh? Poor John, I know. He gets such a bad rap. Not Johnny. We're not picking on Johnny today. No. Or, or John. No, no. If your name's John, this is not about you. Or, or maybe it is. First John, chapter, now you, every time I say that, you're going to be like, porta potty. First John, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Today, today I'm calling our church to a corporate 21-day fast. And I believe that today we are going to enter in a journey together that is going to significantly, significantly impact our church and your life. I believe that. I am expecting God to do something crazy during this 21 days or as a result of this 21 days. Let me, let me just say this. If you don't have a miracle during the 21 days, it doesn't mean God isn't doing something still. You don't always see the, the results of your obedience right away, man. Don't we wish it was that way? We would probably be more obedient, but there's something about being obedient children even when you don't want to. Like, Ashlyn, go clean your room. Yeah, right. And she doesn't want to. But she has to if she wants to have a sleepover, if she wants to. And we want things from God. We want the benefits of the blessing of God. But many of us don't want to be obedient to receive those things. God, would you fill my, my bank account? Well, the Lord says, would you tithe? I, that, that's, that's free. That's free. It's not in my notes. I don't, that just came out of nowhere. I won't even charge you for that one. We're going to move on because I don't want to meddle too much. Did you know that it's the will of God for you to fast? All right. Not everybody's convinced. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. Moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with sad countenances, for they disfigure their faces, and they may, may appear to be men fasting. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. But Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, not because you feel like fasting, or, or not because Pastor Ron calls you to a fast. When you fast, there's other texts that say when the disciples were with Jesus, they weren't fasting. They had no need to. Jesus was right there. But listen, Jesus is not right there anymore. He's here, amen, but he's not in your face. He's not at your house changing the TV channel when you're supposed to, not supposed to be watching that, right? He's not in your pantry getting rid of the junk food and, and whatever else might be in your pantry that you're not supposed to have, right? He's not doing any of that. He's in your heart, nudging on your heartstrings, asking you, would you be obedient to me? And when you fast, don't be like the hypocrite. Now, because this is a corporate fast, we can come in here together, and we can be like, oh, man, this is hard. But when you fast personally, you really are no, you're supposed to wash your face. You're supposed to get up, and you're supposed to go out and do your thing. And people aren't even supposed to know what you're doing. The thing about a great thing about a corporate fast, we'll talk more about this in a minute, is we can be accountable to each other. We can help each other during this time. And if you've never fasted before, perfect opportunity to jump in. So, so why does Jesus want us to fast? Well, I just read you a ton of scripture out of 2 Timothy, why we should fast. 
because people are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, and, and can I just say, and I'm the pastor behind the pulpit, sometimes that happens in my life too. Ah, oh, good. One person is okay with that. The rest of you are like, I'm going to find me a new church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if there's anybody in this room that doesn't love pleasure every once in a while, more than they do God, please come and take my pulpit. I need fasting just as much as everybody else. I need to reset my spiritual clock. I need to reset my body. I need to reset my mind on the things of God. I love what the verse in sets, uh, Matthew 17, verse 21 says. Because fasting will cause you to fall out of love with the things of the world and more in love with the things of God. It says this. It says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and what? Did you know that there's some things in life that you will go through that you can only deal with through prayer and fasting? There are some things that you guys have been praying for for years, and you have not seen the manifestation of that thing yet. You have not seen the reality of that thing yet. Promises that God has given you that you still aren't walking in. And can I tell you this? I truly believe that for some of you during this season of prayer and fasting, God is going to open that door. I believe it. I've called this message expectancy. Why do you fast? Because I think there needs to be a level of expectancy in our heart when we come to the altar of God, when we come to him with obedience like this, when we come to him through fasting and through prayer. And that's another reason we we fast is because it raises the level of our expectancy. Now, I did a search on this because I like to do word searches. And here's what Google said. I don't remember what dictionary.com or something. But the state of thinking or hoping that something, especially something pleasant, will happen or be the case. I, I like that. I like that. Here, here's basic Bible definition of the word expectancy. Hope. A looking for with pleasure. Making preparation for. Now, I like hope. I like the word hope. It's a good word. But it really doesn't even convey what I feel like the Spirit of God wants to teach us about this, this, this word expectancy today. See, we take that word expectancy, and I was like, I demand it because I expect it. That, that's not what I'm talking about here. If you, go to, if you approach God with that kind of attitude, good luck getting what you get because you're going to get something. It's not going to be what you're asking for. Amen? It'd probably be a whole lot of, uh, well... But there's a big difference between expectancy and hope. Listen, if I'm expecting a visitor, right, I, 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 I'm not just hoping that they're coming, right? I'm, I'm making preparations for them to come. I'm expecting him to come, and because of that, I put certain things in order. I, I may make a, a room in my house for him. I may clean up. I might wash the sheets on the bed, Right? Pastor Kerry might spend a little extra time cleaning the house if, if we know we're expecting a guest. I, I will definitely make room in my calendar for somebody because I'm expecting them as a guest. I, I will probably even use more of my resources than I had planned for in order to make room for that guest. And that's what I'm talking about is, is, is by fasting, we're, we're, we're creating this level of expectancy. I'm making room for the Lord. I'm making room in my busy schedule, in my, in, my, in my terrible diet, 
right? And, and all the things that I have to do for the sake of the kingdom, I'm making room in that so that I can just spend intimate time with God. When, when you fast, you create a strong possibility and certainty that something good is going to happen. Let me say that again. When you fast, you create a strong possibility and even a certainty that something good is going to happen. I have never fasted and not seen results, ever. They have not always been the results that I wanted. But I have never, ever gone into a fast and not come out of it without seeing results in some form or another. Always God responds to fasting. I don't know how many of you, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands, how many of you are going to participate in this fast, but I really, truly hope many of you are. The Daniel fast is one way of fasting, but there are many ways that you can do this. You can, you can break this off however you feel, but I'll tell you what, a fast isn't a fast unless it's considered a sacrifice. Talk about that in a minute. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I believe fasting is the best way to show our expectancy and our hunger to the Lord. I really do. I can't think of a better way to show the Lord how serious you are about your relationship with him and how much you desire him to be the Lord of your life than there is in fasting. It tops worship, and worship is like number one on my thing. You know what I'm saying? But denying myself pushing myself away from the table, the things that I like. Man, I like me a big old T-bone. You know what I'm saying? Huh? A ribeye? Come on, somebody. I know. I don't know. What do vegetarians like that they can't have? Nothing. You guys can have whatever you want. Vegetarians, you can eat all the vegetables you want. What? Carne asada, yes. So there's different kinds of fasts in the Bible, okay? I'm not going to go into too many of these, but there's full fasts. This is where liquid only. Okay, um, there's been a few people that I know that have done a full 40-day liquid-only fast. Uh. Yep, can't be done if the Lord leads you. The Lord better lead you. There's three-day fasts. A lot of people like to do three-day fasts, and those are typically full-day fasts, liquid-only, or sometimes they're modified where you just have one meal a day, those kind of things. Others partial fast. Some people fast from sun up to sundown. Okay, and then there's the Daniel fast. Is what we're what we're doing today as as corporately. It's what I'm calling you to. Now, any of those fasts that you choose to pick, that's fine. If you're somebody who says, you know, Pastor, I'm just going to skip a meal every day. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for participating. Thank you for jumping on board. I just need to equip you. I need to help you. I need to I need to get you involved in this discipline. So this is called a, a corporate fast or a called fast. It's something that we're doing together. This is when extreme times call for extreme measures. Every time you see in the Bible that, there, that, that people fasted together and you see it regularly, it's because they were faced with extreme times. And I don't know about you. Anybody in this room gone through some extreme times lately? Listen, listen to me. You're a great candidate for this fast. If you raised your hand, I hope that you're considering highly jumping on board with this. Sometimes you need extreme measures to meet the times that you're going through. Amen? So here's a few examples of corporate fasts. You can look these up later if you want. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 5 through 6, it says, Samuel gathered all Israel, and they gathered and they fasted. 
I love that. He called everybody together, and they fasted. And Ezra 8, chapter 8, verses 21 through 23 says, I proclaimed a fast, so we fasted, and we besought God. Nehemiah, we did a great study on Nehemiah last year. Chapter 9, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting. Corporate fast throughout the Bible. Joel, chapter 2, sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather all the people together. Bring everybody along for the ride. Amen? Amen. Jonah chapter 3, the people proclaimed a fast from the greatest even to the least. Well, I've never fasted before. Listen, it's okay. It's a great time to start. My daughter, who was 12, has been fasting with us for ever since we've been doing it. She started at age 6 fasting. You want to know why she has such a strong gift of discernment? Why she's so in love with Jesus? I think one of the main keys is because she participates in Does it look like my fast? No, it doesn't. She's 12 years old. But it does this year, and it did last year. But when she started at 6, no, she didn't go full on. But we have to get involved somewhere. Did you know that, that fasting is in the Bible 69 times? 69 times you'll find fasting in the Word of God. And for every time prayer is mentioned, Fasting is mentioned, for every three times prayer is mentioned, fasting is mentioned once. So that means for every three sermons on prayer, we should be hearing one sermon about fasting. But yeah, we don't want to talk about it. The church is awfully quiet today. Pastor, I wish you would just stop talking about this. Because you're making me very, very uncomfortable. Well, good. That's my job. My job is to make you uncomfortable. Because if you sit there comfortably and you don't make it to heaven, guess who gets to give an account for that? My job is to equip you and to tell you how to be successful in the things of God. And I'll tell you what, fasting is the greatest key I know to be successful in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. People are like, ooh, what am I going to get out of this? It ain't like that. And I have found personally the best time to start a fast is the beginning of the year. I do. I just think it's a good time to reset, to get all the holiday pounds. You know what I'm talking about, huh? You get all that hollow. I crave stuff that I don't normally crave right now. I want sweets, and I'm not usually one that craves sweets because my body is, is craving these things, and a fast is a great way to reset those. And I love, I love that that's why I choose the beginning of the year because Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. So this year, the beginning of this year, I want to seek God first, starting today right after the potluck, but starting today, starting today, man, something Pastor Kerry and I do every year is we do three days liquid only, and then we move into the Daniel portion, it's a cleansing, it it resets our body, so right after the potluck today, right, we're going to get started, listen to this, (laughs) then we're going to go into your notes real quick, every assignment has a birthplace, Every assignment has a birthplace. Every call of God on your life has a, has a beginning place. And I believe, I really believe that some of you are about to enter into that place. You're going to birth God's assignment, God's plan for your life. It's called expectancy. Moms, anybody ever been pregnant expecting a child? I think some of you are expecting something from the Lord in regards to ministry regards to kingdom, and I believe God's going to open that door, do something amazing in your life. So there's three things I want to talk about real quick. 
we have to ask ourselves these things before we start fast. Number one, what's my motive? Why am I, why am I fasting? Listen, I love the fact that I'm going to lose weight during this fast. I will. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to lose a couple pounds. I'm going to lose those cravings. But that can't be my motive. If that's my motive, then it's just called a diet. Call it what it is. It's still good for you. Nothing wrong with having a diet. Amen? We all should probably think about that. I appreciate the fact that it's good for me. It's been medically proven that fasting detoxifies your body. It changes your cravings. It changes the way your desires, not just physically, but spiritually as well. So what we've done is we, we've, we've put together a cookbook, okay? Right here, right here. Daniel Fast, Daniel Fast cookbook, okay? So in here, it, there's just some stuff about fasting. There's some things you need to know. Uh, there's the different types of fast in case Daniel is not the one you want to go on or you want to switch around like Pastor Ken and I would be liquids only for three days. Then we'll move into the Daniel Fast. And, and there have been times I finished a Daniel Fast and the Lord said, you're not done yet. What? Yeah. Lord, you must be talking to Crystal because I'm done. No, I'm kidding. No, keep going. Keep going. Switch it up. Do this. Maybe he'll tell you to turn the TV on. I have known people that turned off their cable during the Daniel fast. Amen. Now they're saving $89 a month. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or whatever it is you pay for your package. I just know what mine costs, right? The food Network. Yeah, don't watch, a, don't watch Food Network during a fast, okay? Praise the Lord. So we have these. They're going to be made available to you. There's a bunch of recipes out, out on this, in this cookbook, okay? And Pastor Sue's already been blasting Facebook with, with recipes. We want you to do the same thing. Put your best recipes out there. Let's encourage one another. But we want one per family who's participating. Not every individual needs one of these, okay? So one per family on that cookbook. It's available to you as you leave today. So the question we need to ask ourselves, what's my motive? Why am I fasting? Why, what, what am I, what, why am I doing this? Am I doing it so I can fit back into my clothes after the holidays? Well, okay, that's a byproduct of, of fasting, but that's not the main reason. Maybe you're saying, oh, I'm doing it because everybody else is doing it. I don't want to feel like the only guy not doing it. Well, that's not a good reason either. Listen, there's, there's, there, there's no condemnation here, okay? If you choose not to fast, I am not going to question you. I encourage you to find a way to fast, to figure out how to get involved in this. But I am never going to say, oh, man, what's the matter with you? It's not my place. It's between you and the Lord, amen? amen. Number two, what's my expectancy? What am I expecting as, as a result of this, of this fast? And I already mentioned this. Every time in the Bible people fasted, they fasted for a specific reason. Sometimes they were in trouble. Sometimes they were needing more finances or breakthrough in resources or, or, amen, okay, some of you want to jump on that bandwagon. Sometimes they fasted for their children or, or for direction. Sometimes they, they fasted because they just needed to, one year, I remember the Lord spoke to me and said, would you fast just to say you love me? If I give you nothing out of this fast, if you get nothing, if, you don't, if, if, if it doesn't draw you closer in, in intimacy to me, it always does. But if it, doesn't, if, it, if it doesn't help you spiritually, if it doesn't help you emotionally, if it doesn't help you physically, would you fast just to say you love me? Guess what I did? I fasted. I fasted. People never fasted without knowing the reason why. 
and it's important for us. And so we're also making available a 21-day prayer and fasting guide, okay? It's just, it's just really a devotion. And so in here, there's just a little letter from me. Um, and then each day, there's a scripture reading, a daily thought, devotional thought, and then prayers for you to pray. Prayer for my life, prayer for the church, prayer for our world. Some people need help. What, what do I pray about during a fast? Well, you don't have to think about it much, okay? Some people, don't, some people need help praying. That's okay. We're, we're, wherever we're at in this walk, man, prayer is just talking to God, amen? amen? But as a church, we're corporately fasting for three things, okay? And I'm calling them fur. See that? Fur. Because I like acronyms. And it's for finances, for unity, and for revival. Now, that's not necessarily the order that I wanted to fast in, but that worked for... Otherwise, it's going to be revival, unif- uh, unity, and finances, and that had been a little rough. So, specifically, for our church, I'm asking everybody who's fasting to pray for those three areas. For the church finances, for unity of our church, that our... That our, that our Devotion to one another, our love for one another would grow this year and for revival. I'm praying that we see revival. Amen? Amen. So add that. That's in your devotional. It's right here. That's already there. But I'm not asking you to pray for those things. I'm asking you to find what you're praying for individually. And so on, on, on the second page of your, of your guide here, uh, there's some lines there for you to write down the top three things that you're fasting for. For you personally, you write those down and you keep those before you because it's that important. It's that important that you know what it is you're fasting for, that you're reminded of that, that you pray for those things daily. And God will do something amazing, amen? And I also suggest one more thing, that you get a prayer and accountability partner. Just because many of us in this room are doing it doesn't mean you'll be accountable to us unless you make yourself accountable to us, right? That's why we've done Facebook. It's a great accountability tool. We can, we can esteem. I've asked everybody, look, I know we're going to go through rough times, but I've asked my team, look, post the positive things. If you go through a rough time, please post the victory aside of that. Hey, man, I really wanted to eat today. I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to turn on the TV. I really wanted whatever it is you're fasting, but God gave me the victory. He helped me to get through it. Let's motivate and encourage one another, but you really need to get somebody, if you're, especially if you're not married. Me and Pastor Kerry and my, and my kids, we accountability, we account, we're accountable to each other, but if you're single and you don't have anyone else fasting with you, find somebody in the church to be accountable to. Amen? And then finally, number three, where's my focus? Where's my focus? Acts 13, 2 says, And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to. Listen, fasting is a time when we set aside time to minister to the Lord. It's not about getting what I want from the Lord, but it's about me giving what He wants from me. And that's my attention, my love, my devotion. My intimacy. He, you know, Lord wants nothing more from you but just to spend time with you. That's what fasting is about. It's taking that time. I'm hungry. So it reminds me that, hey, I need to spend some time with God. I need to spend some time in his word today. I need to spend some time in prayer. I need to spend some time just sitting before him. We're so busy, people. We don't give God the time he needs, and it's a good time. You know it takes three weeks to, to make or break a habit? That's why Daniel fasted 21 days. Well, plus Daniel said, I, I ate no pleasant thing and didn't drink anything for three, 
for three weeks, that's 21 days, but it really, it takes three weeks to, to reset yourself, to reset yourself spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So get involved. I truly believe God is going to separate some people to himself through this fast. Here's, here's what I'm sensing as, as, as the pastor of Grapevine, Pastor Kerry and I, we're sensing God raising up leaders. We're sensing that there's already people, what can we do? We want to be involved. I'm like, well, let's do that. Let's get involved. There's some activities that we want to start doing here. We want, to, we want to blow up the youth group, amen? They're already growing, but we need to start separating those, those age groups. We want, to see, we want to see a J-12 group where our, where our middle schoolers are being ministered to at their level, amen? It's hard to put a 6th grader with a 12th grader. It doesn't work real well. It's working right now, but we need to, to open the door, amen? And God is raising up some leaders. God's going to set himself aside some people, amen, for the work of the ministry. I believe it. You guys are quiet. I'm almost done. I'll let you eat one more time for three weeks. <laughs> Listen, God will move when we fast. He will. But it should be a time when our heart is crying out to him. When we're saying, I want to minister to you, Lord. I, I want to love you more. I want to know you more. I want to be closer to you than I've ever been in my relationship with you. My desire is nothing more than to be pleasing to you, Lord, to, to set myself aside. You know, that's the definition of holy. We don't like to use that word in the church, but it's to set ourselves apart, to set ourselves aside for the, for the Lord, to be holy. What is holy? Being more like Jesus, looking more like him. You see, the thing the Lord impressed me to tell you today is that your approach to fasting is real important. It's real important how you, how you move into this thing. And, and I'll tell you this, the, the level of your expectancy is going to determine the level of your victory. I believe that. If you go into this thing with expectations of the Lord, not, not demanding, we've already talked about this, but, but Lord, I am preparing for you. I'm preparing for a visitation from you. Preparing my heart. I'm preparing my home. I'm preparing my family. I'm preparing my table for you. God will show up. See, we can't be frivolous about this. Don't go in this thing half major. Don't go in this thing half, half ready. If you're not ready, you're not ready. Take another week and jump on next week if you need to. It's okay. If 14 days is what you can do, do 14 days. Come on. I know people who aren't starting today. They're not starting till Tuesday. They're still going to do 21 days. Look, I know people who are breaking in the middle of this because it's their anniversary. Look, we're not legalistic about this. Man, if it's your anniversary, you better go out and celebrate. And if it's steak you like, then have a steak. Come on. Oh, Jesus would be like, oh, man, can you believe it? No, no. God gave you that wife. You know what I'm saying? God gave you that husband. Go enjoy yourself, right? Jeez. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to fast chocolate. That's ridiculous. That, that would be like me saying I'm going to fast lunch. She's laughing because she knows I don't ever eat lunch. I get down here, I get work, and I don't have anything to eat, so I don't eat lunch. So for me to say I'm going to fast lunch, that's not a fast. Now, for me to say I'm not going to have a dinner or I'm not going to have that late-night snack, come on, somebody. That is a fast. 
That is a sacrifice. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to see I'm not the only one that does that. You know, if I had stopped eating snacks at night, I would probably be about 30 pounds less. Serious. It's why I have to go to the gym every day so I can eat that snack tonight. <laughs> Listen, if you're not serious about this thing, you won't get serious results. If your heart's not in this thing, I'm telling you, there becomes an intimacy with God like you've never known before through fasting. Come on, worship team. We're going to close with this. If you look at Zechariah chapter 5, or chapter 7, verse 5, the Bible says, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? For me? That's crazy. When I read that, I thought, this is crazy. The people set aside a certain time every year, twice a year, for 70 years. And God flips the question around. He says, hey, are you fasting for me? For me? You see, it's possible to go on a fast and have so many personal motives that we're not ministering to the Lord, that, that, we're, that we're fasting for our own agenda. That's why I say pick the top three and leave everything else alone. Pray for the things that I've asked you to pray for for our church and pick the top three. And maybe you could even narrow that down to one thing and fast for the Lord and minister to him. This is a time when you separate yourself to the Lord. And here's where I want to close this today. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, it says, So we fasted and we entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Fasting moves the hand of God. Every person that I know is disciplined in the area of fasting will tell you the same thing. Fasting moves the hand of God. Maybe you came here today and you're a visitor who was at that here and you're thinking, you guys are nuts. You're crazy. You're talking about not eating for three weeks. No, we're not talking about not eating. We're, we're talking about modifying our diet. We're talking about cutting out meat, sweet, bread, dairy. For many of us, and ca- 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 caffeine. Some of you said, no, I'm not doing that. Cool, I didn't do that for the first four years of my Daniel fasting, but I have for the last two or three, so three and three I think I did. Yeah, I'm going to have some headaches for the first couple days. I already know that. It's going to remind me what I'm doing. I'm seeking God, amen. I already know. I already know what my body's going to go through. It's going to hurt. Don't let me sugarcoat this. It's going to hurt a little bit, but if it doesn't hurt, it's not called fasting. If it's not a sacrifice, it's not a fast. If it doesn't cause you a little pain, if it doesn't cost you a little bit, it's not a fast. And Ezra said, so we fasted and we treated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. I love that. I believe God is going to answer some prayers in this church. We're talking about seeking God's face with expectancy. We're going to disrupt business as usual. Is anybody tired of the same old, same old? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, let me ask you this. Why don't you do something different this season? Why don't you get involved with fasting? Do you want this year to look like every other year? 
I had a good year last year. I did. It was a good year. I have a lot to complain about. There were some things that happened. There were some challenges. Walked through some stuff personally. Walked through some stuff with, with some of you. It was a good year. I want this year to be better. Is that ringing out to anybody? Is anybody hearing God in that today? If you are, stand to your feet. Whether you're joining us in this fast or not, I, that's not my question for you to stand today. If you're saying, I'm tired of business as usual, you're saying, I want something different from God this year. I, I want 2017 to be the best year spiritually for me. Then you're already standing, amen.